This is Manya from Friendshipable, a Project BFF podcast. Along with my co-host Terry, we love talking about friendships, talking with others who think about friendships, and learning about these important relationships in our lives. If you like this content, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash projectbff, or subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast app. If you have a podcast, consider hosting it on Buzzsprout. We love it. They make it so easy. And we have a link in our show notes for you. Thanks. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Manya. And my name is Terry. And together, we are Friendshipable. <laughs> we are Project BFF, and we're bringing to you this next episode of our podcast, Friendshipable, episode 55. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about famous women friendships. We found a really neat article in the Washington Post that was talking about a few of them. And Terry, get us started. Famous women. Who do we know? Who do we well, love? There's, uh, we well, 10 of them. There's 10 pairs. And it's like, um, so yeah, so famous women. And they also use the word, they're five, five examples of sisterhood and support. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so I'll pick out a few, and I'm sure you've picked out a few. And I was interested in um, a couple of pairs. So I was interested in all of them. But one pair that struck me was the friendship between Marilyn Monroe and Ella Fitzgerald. Oh. And at, you know, first thought, you might, yeah, it's interesting. And it also might be, the reaction could be, hmm, how did those two? And I realized after finding out why my first, my initial, when I saw their names together, it was what their persona, you know, when you first think of people like Marilyn Monroe and you think of people like Ella Fitzgerald, this, you know, wonderful artist and Marilyn Monroe, who really probably was, you know, minimalized for what she was in her life. And, um, but the reason why they they formed a friendship, and this goes back to they were icons of the 50s, and Marilyn loved Ella's um, work and her singing. And there were some clubs in the 50s in Los Angeles that Ella Fitzgerald, as an African-American, could not make inroads into, yeah. even though she was an incredibly talented performer. Absolutely. And Marilyn's role was there was uh, one very popular venue and Marilyn went to the owner and advocated for their hiring Ella for several performances. And in turn, she said, if you do that, I will be here every night she performs and I'll bring my friends with me. Wow. But that's the way she showed her support and it sounds, you know, it's unfortunate that that's what it took. But in the 50s, that was a very bold move for Marilyn Monroe to probably make. That that was, and that's an evidence of her power as a celebrity. That True, she, yes. That she could say that. Because yeah. certainly, you know, regular Sally or Joe on the street couldn't really say that and mm-hmm. have it make a difference. So and have it's great to see that mm-hmm. she she felt that connection with Ella Fitzgerald and then used her influence to 
make a real difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to admit, I don't know much about Marilyn Monroe um, and her I, life. I know, a, you know, this is really a strange kind of, but I know a little bit because there had been a TV series several years ago based on a Broadway musical about Marilyn. And it brought in a lot of the facts of her life oh. in that. So it's really kind of a, a, a weird way to do that. But, um, but yeah, she was a lot more than what her public persona. Yes. And that's, be. that's so. one of the things I love about this story, because I think yeah. the very little bit that I know, this doesn't seem like something she would do. So again, mm -hmm. I am not a historian of, of Marilyn Monroe. No, no, but that was the little point. bits of cultural it's, history that I've heard yeah. would not have, I would not have picked this in my Marilyn yeah. Monroe bingo card. That yeah, yeah. Do this. yeah. So it makes it interesting to, to look at it a little bit more. So, so how about you? What struck, what stood out to you? You know, um, before I tell you what stood out to me, one of the things is this article that we read, one of the people they interviewed was um, an author, Sam Maggs, who wrote mm -hmm. Girl Squads, 20 Female Friendships That Changed mm -hmm. History. And it's an amazing book. It's got these stories that we're talking about now, but even more. Um, and they, you know, done the research and looked back on some of these relationships that historically because of the way the world has worked have not really been paid that much attention to the stories mm -hmm. haven't really been told so uh we recommend that book i'm going to put a link in the show notes um, for that and speaking of the show notes you know what also is in the show notes is a link to our patreon site which is patreon.com project bff and uh, that we would love for you to support us on Patreon. That helps us produce this podcast and bring you mm -hmm. all the lovely content that we do. And if you happen to choose to support us on Patreon, you get to see this podcast uh, because that's where the video episodes go. And um, yeah, so yeah. we would love your support. So please visit us on Patreon. We'll see and <laughs> now getting back to um, our previously scheduled programming, the one that jumped out to me was Frida Kahlo and Georgia O'Keeffe. Mm -hmm. I, I that one too. If you had asked me if they would have had a chance to meet or know each other, I would have said no. But in mm -hmm. fact, they did. Um, they first met in 1930 when Frida Kahlo came to San Francisco and they, um, I think they met again in New York the following year and they kind of built on their friendship. And as women artists, you know, in the 30s, when it was not necessarily as, um, as common to find other successful mm -hmm. women artists, and um you know they were able to support each other and they both had uh i didn't write down their names but they both had difficult relationships with their husbands yes um diego rivera for 
for Frida Kahlo and I mm -hmm. for have forgotten George Alfred Alfred Steiglitz. Oh yes, was yes. Husband. Yeah. So they so they were able to bond as being artists and women and probably other things that going were going on in their lives. And what was so interesting is that um, according to this article, the friendship um, influenced some of Frida Kahlo's work, uh, which were you know, very much rooted in her culture um, mm -hmm. of Mexico. But apparently she did a painting with a self-portrait uh, called Self-Portrait Along the Borderline Between Mexico and the United States. And there were Jack in the Pulpit flowers in there, which is not something that is typical in Mexico, but it is something that Georgia O'Keeffe had symbolic painted. symbolic of Georgia O'Keeffe, yeah. So I love that she did a self-portrait and had this nod to her friend in there mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I don't know if it was, if people got it at the time or it was just, you know, I think, um, you know, a little secret, little secret message to her friend yeah. in there and that relationship. And I, I like knowing that they, they had each other to talk to and think about because I imagine, you know, in the 30s and 40s and being a female artist, mm -hmm. I think there were probably some some barriers and some frustrations that they were able to share with each other. Yeah. And you know what? I think um, also that the success that they ultimately had and are still remembered for the two of them have very iconic styles in their painting. Yeah, I don't consider myself a great student of of paintings and recognizing things, but mm -hmm. it even in an, an article or someplace, if I see either of their paintings, I know it's that one's Frida's and that one's George's. They yes. just have an icon, you know, they built that. Um, yeah, it's yes. And so. from an from an art historical perspective, again, uh -huh. I, which I am not an art historian, yeah. but I wonder if that uniqueness and that style that they yeah. each brought was in fact part of what enabled them to stand out in the crowd. Um, because yeah. of their unique perspective and because each of their work um, is, you know, pretty readily identifiable if you if you know of these things. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, that's kind of the other thing. They both were kind of standing out in the field in different ways. Yeah. Yes. And and I imagine sharing that with each other was also a, a part of the bond of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also talks about that they both grappled with their relationships and also mental health in their lives. And they spent time in New York together and they had a good time, including an unforgettable tequila-filled night. Um, so and who among us doesn't have an doesn't unforgettable tequila-filled night? <laughs> I know. Mom, if you're I listening. Hope, yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Oh, not in New York, though, right? No, yeah. right, right. Name, name another city. Yes. Um, so one of the others that struck me was, is was I guess, the friendship between Coretta Scott King and Betty Shabazz. Yes. And 
just read what before reading just a description of it it was now from a historical st uh, standpoint it doesn't seem odd mm -hmm. that they would but they both both were wise of slain civil rights leaders um because coretta obviously dr martin luther king and betty shabazz malcolm x and um but they gave each other support and they also well says support that just what is it that mean, means many things but they continued on they joined forces and they continued on what their husbands had started right and again like what we were just talking about with frida kahlo and and georgia o'keefe they uh, coretta scott king and betty shabazz shared something that was unique to them, right? Mm -hmm. They were both widows of these amazing civil rights fighters and leaders, and they were um, activists and leaders in their own right. And I would imagine that either of those situations can can contribute to one feeling very alone mm -hmm. and lonely. And that is, that is a piece of their life that they shared and therefore could understand about the other person. Right, right. I wonder, and I don't know if I can, this is a very brief description of them, but I had two thoughts. One that when both of their husbands died young and unexpectedly, um, that they carried on, like they, they, they didn't, they filled the void. They became the main spokesperson for, mm -hmm. for what, even though they were always by their husband's side. What's to say that when their husbands were living, that they weren't a big propeller behind or- you know, I think they, they were. They did have a big role in what yeah. these men were doing. They did. And I think, I think if Malcolm X and Martin Luther King had not both died so violently and horribly mm -hmm. and had mm -hmm. lived out their natural life i still think their wives would be well known and famous because of the hard work and the activism and um you know th thinking about education and women's rights right. and i think they brought their own unique vision to it so i think you know even if they didn't share that in that horrible tragedy hadn't happened to right, both of them. Right, right. I still think their their names would be known now. I hope that their names would be known now. I I think they would because the decades that they would have continued would have changed the role of a wife in her husband's um activism. Yeah. You know, rather than, you know, we pro probably behind the scenes, they they already were this person. But um, but I think it probably would have grown more in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was that was interesting. You know, and one of the things in the article talks about there actually was a, a movie about um, Betty Shabazz and Coretta Scott King called Betty and Coretta. And um, that kind of talks about their story of friendship and, and their achievements. Now, the like a lot of biopics, um, it's a little problematic because it is a fictionalized version mm -hmm. of their lives mm -hmm. and their families are um, rightly 
concern that there are parts of it that don't really represent their family members right. um, properly. And unfortunately, that is such a challenge with any movies uh, or TV shows based on real life, but that then they fictionalize them because you're you're changing the the lives or the characters or the personalities of real people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it could be an interesting way to at least be introduced to these two amazing women, but should not be taken at face value as, as the truth of their relationship. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So what other, what stood out to you? What other pairing, the ones that we got? You know, those were the ones that jumped out at me. Another one from the book, the um, 20 female friendships that changed history is one that we have actually talked about before. They're like Mm -hmm. two female pirates who were friends with each other because I guess, you know, back in the day when there were pirates, I guess there still are pirates, but back in the the swashbuckling days of pirates, definitely don't think of women in that role um and you know piracy is a crime so we are talking about two women criminals um mm-hmm. i want to make that clear but i thought and i thought that was actually an interesting um you know the other thing i think is interesting about this is although the history books tend to be light on history of women and women's contributions in a lot of times and so they're is information that has just been lost to history that we will mm-hmm. never uncover. I love that there are people who passion or work causes them to just dig back into the past and find out what can we find out about mm-hmm. women and in this case, their friendships and their relationships in the past. And that that there are so more of them, there's so many more of them out there than we have heard about. Um, right. So as much as, you know, piracy is wrong. I love that there were these two women pirates. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably, again, like you said, piracy was something that was illegal, (laughs) but it was something that, yeah, even within that system of piracy, they were probably not looked well upon. You know, women had a different role back then. And I'm sure that all of the male pirates were like, no, you're not getting part of my business at all. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And Bonnie not and Mary. As, yes. That's, yes. I yes. had to look them up because I forgot their names, but. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, we had earlier on done a lot of information about just looking back in, in, in history over the centuries. And there have been a lot of women at a time where women really weren't, weren't prominent. It was their husbands um, and really and their work and their efforts and what they accomplished in their activism has taken so, on so much more of importance now. Um, yes. I mean, it was important then, but it's recognized now. So yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. definitely, again, we're putting the link uh, to Girl Squads, 20, 20 Female Friendships That Change History yes. into the show notes, because you are just going to be so amazed at some of these relationships and some of the things that these women accomplished. I mean, the book, like, I know this, <laughs> this podcast isn't really just a promotion for the book, but they look at, 
women who are scientists and artists and, you know, athletes and political activists. So they just sort of introduce us to this broad range of just amazing women and amazing women who were friends with each other and yes, supported yeah. each other. And uh, yeah. You almost, almost want to wish that they had some kind of view and like, yeah, that they can see the recognition now. And go, I know I told them <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I was right. And yes, we and we were and we did it look what we did so yeah yeah it, it reminds me of the movie hidden figures uh-huh oh, which yeah. um, also movie. had some yes. strong female yes. friendships in it oh that's a perfect example and i saw the movie so again the movie is a, a fictionalized version but mm -hmm. you know reasonably true to history and I went to go see it and I was very excited to see it because of, for all the reasons that we were all excited to see it, to, to see these African-American women who had such a real impact on the space program. Mm -hmm. And for me also to see women scientists who, who made a real difference. The impacts that were not recognized at the time. Yes. And that's and what these women of history are about too. Yeah. Yes. And to be so grateful that these women were friends with each other that right. again they were going through something that was unique and not everybody was going to be able to understand mm -hmm. but they got it and they mm -hmm. they had each other for support right going through these these times that you know wish they didn't have to go through right right i think that sums it up perfectly right they were there at the key the common thread of what we were talking about and what project bff is they were there for one another to encourage one another and to move one another forward no matter what the 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 rest of the world was saying yeah absolutely yeah 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 well, we're just about ready to wrap up though. And I think that's a perfect kind of like pulling it all together. And I'm glad you mentioned that movie. That movie for me, if it's on TV, it's uh, it's immediately what I've heard described as a remote drop. I stopped, you know, I'm not surfing anymore. Remote yep. drop, watching this movie, no matter how many times I've seen it. So. And it doesn't matter where I come into the movie. No, I know no. where we are. Yeah, yep, exactly, exactly. So before we do wrap up, there is just one thing that um, want to encourage all of you to take a look at. We do have a shop. And although if you're seeing this through Patreon, you can see that I am wearing my Friendshipable podcast shirt. That's why I'm kind of blending into my background. I have a light gray shirt and then a light background. So, But it does have the Friendshipable um, logo on it. And it talks about the podcast. So that is available on our shop, which you can get from our website, project-bff.com. And, and there's going to be a link in the show notes too. Yes, there is a link. Oh, here we go. Let me show my face again. Um, yes, the link in the show notes as well. So do take a look at those. There are some other items there too that we think you like as well. Yeah. Please. And yeah. if, if you're not watching us on video, if you're not already a Patreon supporter and you're just listening to us, that's fine. But check out the t-shirt. I think you're going to love it. Yes. We love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great.
conversation. Thank you, Manya. Yes, thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. And we look forward to talking with you on our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.